This audio presentation was pre-recorded and edited for brevity and clarity. Hello, I'm Michael Buckley with the Bright Focus Foundation. Welcome to today's Bright Focus chat, clinical trial update, news on wet AMD. If this is your first time on a Bright Focus chat, welcome. Let me tell you a little bit about Bright Focus and what we'll do today on the chat. Bright Focus Foundation funds some of the top researchers in the world. These are scientists who are trying to find cures for macular degeneration, glaucoma, and Alzheimer's. We share the latest news from these scientists with families that are impacted by these diseases. We have a number of free publications and plenty of materials on our website, brightfocus.org, that offer tips for living with these diseases, such as macular degeneration. Now let me tell you about today's chat. Our guest speaker is Dr. Christopher Britton. He's the Interim Global Head of Ophthalmology Clinical Development at Genentech. Dr. Britton will give us an update on an AMD clinical trial that his company, Genentech, is currently running. Before we turn to Dr. Britton, let me tell you a little bit about Bright Focus's role in today's topic. Bright Focus Foundation partners with Genentech and many other leaders worldwide on macular degeneration. Our job today is to share with you the latest news on AMD. It's important to know that Bright Focus does not endorse any specific medication or medical procedure. Our role is very simple. It's to keep you as informed as we can, and from there, it is up to you and your doctor to decide what is best. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Christopher Britton to today's Bright Focus chat. Uh, Dr. Britton, welcome. Thanks, Michael, and, and thank you very much in, indeed for, for the kind invitation to share some information with, with, your, with, with uh, the people on the line. It's a great opportunity. Really appreciate great. it. Great. Thanks. To get things started, could you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do, kind of your, your background and, and what you're currently doing at Genentech? Sure. So I'll start by just briefly summarizing who I am. You can probably hear from my accent that I'm a, a British trained physician by, by, by background. Um, I completed my ophthalmology training as an eye doctor in, in the UK. Um, and since then, I've, I've worked in clinical practice in the UK with our healthcare regulator in the UK. And then I moved to industry where I also um, spent a couple of years in, in the UK working. I've then moved the family out to, to Switzerland also for a, a couple of years. And then I moved my family once more two years ago to South San Francisco. Um, so at the moment, I'm, as you said, the, the interim global head of development for ophthalmology which means that I lead a large and exciting team to really research new medicines um, in ophthalmology and to bring those medicines as quickly and effectively and efficiently to, to patients as we possibly can. Well, that's great. That's, that's quite, a, quite an impressive background. And Dr. Britton, we invited you uh, today to represent Genentech because we, we understand you've got some positive, uh, positive news about a a new um, potential treatment for AMD. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about uh, this port delivery system and uh, how it works. Sure, very happy to. So what we call the port delivery system with ranibizumab, we abbreviate it to PDS for ease. Um, this, is, this is a super exciting program for us. So in, in, in simple terms, as simple as possible, this is a, a small implant, which is about the size of a grain of rice, and it's implanted underneath the upper eyelid, which means that it's not visible to the person who has it implanted, to their family who they, who they talk with, and it does not interrupt their field of vision. So 
what the implant does is that it's got a very small reservoir where we can fill it up with medicine, in this case, ranibizumab, um, commonly known as Lucentis. And the device um, continuously releases the ranibizumab over an extended period of time into the eye. And the intention of the, of, of the, of, of the device, therefore, is to um, reduce the number of hospital visits that people have to undertake who have wet age-related macular degeneration, um, while at the same time giving the outcomes which we expect from these gold, from the gold standards of, of care, which is anti-VEGF treatment being at Lucentis or, or other, other treatments available. Um, the, the study results to date have been super exciting. We've had one phase two study, which we call the ladder study. A phase two study really looks at um, is, is the device safe enough to do a large study in and is it effective enough? Does it, does it do what we want it to do in terms of treating the, the wet MD effectively enough? And it, and it certainly does. And the, and the, the top line results were that um, 80% of, of people could go six months before requiring a refill of, of, of the PDS implant. So this is a really groundbreaking um, opportunity to, to really address the treatment burden. Wow. Well, that, 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 that's exciting news. Just make sure I heard the number. Did you say 80%, 80%? Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. That's 80% of people went at least six months without requiring a, a refill of the device. Uh, that's really exciting. So, you know, if we just kind of, that sort of kind of started the, the, the beginning of that process. How does, how does this implant uh, uh, get implanted? So again, great great question. So the the implant, as I say, it's about the size of a grain of rice. So, so it's very small. It's the the implantation procedure is is done in a in a day case or or, or operation theatre. Um, so you have to you have to go to, um, to to have surgery. The surgery takes less than forty five minutes. So a little bit longer than a cataract procedure, but not much longer in terms of the amount of time taken. Um, it's implanted into the eye so it can release drug continuously in, into the eye. And people who have it implanted can go home the same day. So it's a, it's a, while a complicated procedure, it's relatively simple in terms of um, the expectations and, and, and burden for, for, for people having the operation. Great. And how long does that implant uh, stay in, in a person's eye? Yeah, so currently the, the plan is this, this is in fact a permanent implant. Um, so it will be in there for as long as the, the, the patient needs it. Um, the, the goal is that it can, can be continuously refilled, so it doesn't just sit there. It continuously yeah. delivers, delivers effective treatment. Right. And Dr. Britton, how does it get refilled? Again, this is a, a, a very exciting method whereby... It's super simple. Topical anesthetic eye drops um, in, the hot, in, the, in the physician's office. It's a very routine procedure and takes under, under five minutes really to, to, to do. Um, very similar to, to the current um, intravitreal injections which, which people currently have. Wow, that's great. And how, um, how often does that get refilled? So, as I said, within the, the, the earlier study which we performed, which was called the ladder study, 80% of people went for at least six months um, 
before requiring the refill, and many went much longer. However, what, we, what we're doing in our, in our subsequent studies, really looking to see, to make sure that the most patients benefit from the treatment as possible. And therefore, we're um, investigating how patients fare with refills every six months. So that's the goal, six-month refills. Yeah. And so that six-month refill, is that um, uh, kind of in lieu of a current uh, every four-week frequency? I'm just trying to sort of compare uh, the, the, what you're testing versus the current, uh, the current practice. Sure. So, so current practice kind of varies somewhat among different treating physicians. Um, but the current standard of care for most anti-VEGF therapies is either monthly follow-up and, and injections or kind of a, a treat and extend approach whereby injections are up to every six weeks or even up to every eight weeks. But certainly with, with six monthly refills, the intention is to really eliminate as many of these um, visits as, as, as possible for the patient's sake. Wow, that could really make a big difference in, in people's lives. Um, so potentially twice a year instead of... Uh I guess twelve, you know, twelve, twelve times a year. Um, uh, now, during that six months, do you have a sense of like how frequently patients should see their eye doctor? You know, while they during that time that it is currently uh, filled up. Yeah. So, so I think I think currently um, what we what the the stage that the, that the PDS is in is that we're in, in in the clinical trial period. So within the clinical trial, people are being seen every month just to make sure that we capture enough evidence to, to, to demonstrate that it's safe and effective and does what it says it does. Um, yeah. How it's managed once it becomes available and if it achieves a, if, if it's available on, on the market to patients in a number of years' time, um, the goal would clearly be to just have a, have a six-month refill, so just be seen every six months. Yeah, well, that's... Well, that's that's fantastic. And is the is the refill process similar to how it is filled in the at the beginning, or um, slightly different? So when the when the when the device is first implanted during the surgery, then the device is already filled just prior to to being um, in, in, put into the eye. Um, during subsequent refills, then as I say, there's the there's the local anaesthetic eye drop, which is which is put on the eye, and then it's um, then it's refilled in the in the physician's treating office. So it's much much smoother on the on the refills. Well, that's that's good to know. And and I would think that that you know it strikes me that uh, there's the potential for for greater uh, greater adherence, greater compliance if if people um, you know don't need to get those. Uh, get those get those monthly treatments i mean do you, do you see a, an opportunity for for more consistency i do i do i think one of the challenges with the currently available treatments is that people do have to go in very regularly and if you do miss a an appointment for any number of reasons being it weather unavailability of 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 partner friend or otherwise to to go to the clinic then, then, then people are are losing vision, and we see this um, with studies looking looking at patients' outcomes um, with current treatment methods. And the goal, therefore, if we reduce that treatment burden, um, then then I think the ability to really improve outcomes 
potentially is is very very significant and i think it'll be the intention clearly is that it's a great opportunity and it'll be exciting to see what the what the phase three clinical trial program comes out with in terms of outcomes that's great. And you know, Dr. Britton, you mentioned that uh, that you went through a phase two trial and, and you, you explained what that is. Um, I understand what's next is a phase three. Can you tell us a little bit what about what what differs a phase three trial from phase two? Sure. No, that, that that's a that's a really important question. So a phase two study is about establishing that a product or a medicine, in this case a device with a medicine in it, um, is safe and has a suggestion that it works well and the results from our phase two were very strong so it's very clear that it does work. Um, the phase three trial is the study which um, provides the evidence from much larger number of patients and it helps first of all to reinforce the level of safety of the product or the medicine but secondly and more importantly it really establishes the exact level of effective effectiveness how, how well the product works um, so the phase three study is all you know it's, it's about not far off double the size of the phase two study so so many more people are involved and we and we become very confident after a, after a phase three study as to whether or not the, the product works effectively. So we're in phase three study at the moment, as you say. That's great. And in phase two, how many uh, how many people participated in the study? So there was a total of 200, 220 patients for, for, the, for the phase two study. And the goal is for the phase three program, about 360. Great. And when you... Um you know, you said you talk about how you're you're looking to test the the effectiveness um, of of a new idea. What what type of um, safety concerns or you know sort of uh, uh, challenges are you are you um, are you looking for uh, during during these phases of the clinical trial of a PDS? Sure. So I think as as we all know, the established safety profile of the current standards of care is exceptionally. Is exceptionally good. Um, Ranibizumab Lucentis has been around since 2006. Um, other available molecules like ILEA have been around for a number of years as well. So we so we know the the safety profile is very is very good with these with these with the actual medicine itself. Therefore, the the main focus of the phase three trial in terms of the the um, the safety is really just to make sure that the surgical procedure works well. So we're incredibly focused as an organization on um, training our investigators the exact technique to to um, to implant to, to perform the implant and to make sure the implant remains in the eye um, in, a, in, a, in a safe in a safe manner and, and doesn't cause any issues and we're excited that the safety profile of of the of the of the device was great in the phase two study. And we're hoping to continue to improve on that in in the phase three study. Well, that's well, that's great. And and um, again, you know, Bright Focus will will have information here for how people can uh, can learn more about this trial and 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 possibly enroll. But I was wondering if Dr. Britton, you could tell us a little bit about um, you know some some of those questions, like how would how would people um, proceed if this was something they wanted to to learn more about and, and possibly enroll in. 
sure. Thanks, Michael. So this this is this is a an actively recruiting phase three study, which means that we are really looking for for people who are interested in participating. So so many thanks for for raising the the, the question. So people who are interested, um, we have a number of number of ways. First of all. Um, you can find out the, 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 the trial sites via clinicaltrials.gov, and I believe we'll, we'll make some more information available at the end of this, the end of this discussion. Um, another way is to ask your treating eye doctor about participation in, in such a study, and he or she can, can reach out to clinicaltrials.gov or directly to, to Genentech. Um, but this this is a, this is a great opportunity. We have trial sites all over the U.S., so um, we would hope that this would be available as a, as an option to to most people. Obviously, it depends on the stage of your disease, because we are, have do have what we call inclusion and exclusion criteria, which means that not everybody would be suitable for the study. But even if you're not suitable, there may well be other studies for which you are suitable. Great. And what would some of those inclusion and exclusion, um, uh, you know, kind of guidelines be? Like, what type of person are you looking for? Um, well, first of all, the num- the most important thing is that these are these are long studies. So this is a two year study. So we really want someone who is committed to coming in every month for the for the full two years. If we have people who aren't able to commit to that, then it can be quite detrimental quite quite harmful to, to the success potential for the for the study so it's um it is that that's the that's probably the most important one just can you kind of fully commit and we make it as easy as possible um to for, for that and we'll provide the company will provide um for, via the site will provide transport etc um outside of that um we 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 look for um patients who've been treated or currently un- untreated so if you have a new new disease in that eye um, and there are a number of other characteristics outside of that but I think number one is probably the motivation and, and desire to kind of spend what is what is a fair amount of time um, on, the, on the clinical trial. What do you think motivates uh, some the, the participants uh, in your trials? Um, when at the end at the end of studies, we often get lots of feedback from from from, from people, and, and the main motivation is consistently we really want to do this um, for our family who may get this disease in the in the in the future. So I think it's kind of the contribution to science is is a lot of what this is about. I think this this particular um, study, what we've heard. Kind of anecdotally, so so a little bit of hearsay from from people who were in the phase two study, is that the device they they do seem to like it. They do seem to like, and they want it in their in their second eye, which also has um, wet AMD. Um, the idea that it's only refilled every six months just really kind of eliminates that need for these regular monitoring visits and 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 regular intravitreal injections. That's great. And I know you say it's available um, in trial sites all across the U.S. Um, how do you, how does uh, you and, and, and your company, Genentech, um, pick the, the, the locations and, and train the, uh, uh, the physicians that are possible? Like, you know, how does, sort of, how, how, does it, how does it go from Genentech headquarters to uh, places throughout the U.S.? 
Yeah, sure. No, again, that's a great question. So we've, you know, as a company, we've um, been working in ophthalmology and specifically kind of the retinal, the, the back of the eye disease area for since about 2006 and earlier. Um, so we know, and, and since that time, we've done, you know, many, many clinical trials. We've had many thousands of, of people in the communities who've given their time as, as patients to, to these studies. So we know the trial sites very, very well. Um, so the way that we select trial sites is, first of all, have they um, got a good history of recruiting people into the studies effectively and efficiently over a number of years? Secondly, we need a good geographic spread. We don't want to take everybody from one single city. Um, so we need to make sure that people have the opportunity all over the U.S. To, to participate in our clinical trials. And that's really important to us because it leads to kind of the third factor, which is um, diversity. And I think this is, this, is, this is really important. We don't want to focus on just an affluent area or just a, a specific ethnic mix in, in a certain area. We want to have as diverse and be inclusive as possible in our clinical trials. So kind of those are the, the, the three areas that we find yeah. really important. Well, that's interesting. It seems like it allows people to, you know, make his, continue the relationship they have with with their with their physician while also doing, you know, what you describe as something just just very very admirable to to help advance the field of science and and help you know help family members. So, um, Dr. Burton, as people uh, you know contact uh, contact your company or contact Bright Focus for more information, um, what is the exact name of of the uh, the study we're talking about today, so people can can um, you know begin pursuing more information sure that's one thing i haven't mentioned yet. so so the 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 phase three study is called archway a-r-c-h-w-a-y archway and we have an extension study called portal p-o-r-t-a-l um but the 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 recruiting study is 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 currently archway okay great all right so so as, as people begin uh talking with your company or their or their physician uh it's archway like going through a a an arch, um, or uh, or the or portal. So that that's, that's good good to know. And so, Dr. Britton, in the in the time we have left, do you have any, um, is there other uh, uh, you know things you think people should know about about this uh, about this study, or, or questions they you know kind of common questions or concerns people might have. Um, so, so for example, um, can you, you said it's the port delivery system. That's that's the, um, the 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 vehicle that that folks have. Is that what they should ask for? Yeah, that's right. So, so I think what would the first thing, the first point I'd make is um, even if people are in half a mind as to whether or not to to kind of participate in the study, please do feel free to to reach out to to your physician and to Bright Focus. Um, and, and ask for more details. We we are kind of actively recruiting, um, and I think this is, this is kind of a the only implant in phase three, which offers mm-hmm. such an extended treatment uh, duration. So I think it's a an exciting um, trial to be in if, if you have a choice of clinical trials. So I think the, the, those those are the two things. I just encourage and, and thank you for even considering participation and if, if all goes well what's the what's the timeline for a trial like this 
you know, at some point becoming a, a, a common a common practice? What's what's sort of the best case scenario over over time here? Sure. So so as I say, this, this particular study is about three hundred and sixty people, um, and that can take you know a year up to a year and a quarter, maybe a year and a half to recruit. So if we say an upside of a year, so we complete recruitment by the end of next year, then there's a potential, then we need to wait another 10 months to 12 months to get the results. Um, and after that, we have to take it to the regulators and that can take up to another year. So we're a number of years off. Um, Saying that, my experience is that those years go very, very quickly. <laughs> so when, when it does come and if it's successful, it will be here very, very fast. In terms of the regulators, um, is, that, is that the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration? Yes, absolutely right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and what do they look for uh, when they're looking at the, uh, the trials that, that you run? So they look for a number of, a number of factors. Um, Number one is that there's an appropriate balance of efficacy, as in does it does the drug work, does the medicine and the device work, against safety. And within eye care, particularly with wet AMD, we know that the, the standard of care, which is intravitreal um, anti-VEGF injections, they, they have a very strong uh, safety and effectiveness and efficacy um, profile. So therefore, the, the FDA will be looking at how safe is this additional element, i.e. the surgical procedure, and how well do patients do with the device in the eye as a permanent implant compared to the, um, compared to the monthly intravitreal injection. So really, they, they focus on, this, on the balance of safety and, and, and benefit. Okay. If someone's uh, getting injections currently but they're not uh working well is that a person who can who could participate or does somebody need to be uh kind of successfully getting these injections right now sure so that's that's a good question so um currently the the inclusion criteria so i'll probably give give you just a couple so it can be an either eye number one number two but 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 not both eyes number two the person has to have been diagnosed within nine months in in the in the study eye um, and number three what we want to do is we want to have demonstrated that um, anti-VEGF and anti-VEGF treatment has been shown to be beneficial to the patient within that time period so I think if if a, if, if an anti-VEGF injection is having absolutely no effect then that probably would not be um, appropriate in that eye. But then maybe the other eye is benefiting if the other eye does have um, wet AMD. So I, I think it would still be worth having a discussion. But what we don't want to do is we don't want a patient to have an implant with an anti-VEGF drug, like with ranibizumab in this case, when we know that anti-VEGF does not work in that, in that person. Because that's sure. unfair. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very helpful. So, Dr. Britton, on behalf of Bright Focus, just want to, uh, to to say thank you for being so generous with your time. I think you've passed on uh, very, very interesting uh, and and promising information to our audience. And and uh, you know, the the next step is uh, is for them to um, 
talk to their physicians. But uh, we'd love to keep in touch with you uh, as the trial goes on, in case there are you know more updates or anything else you'd like you'd like to share. And thank you, Michael, and thank you everybody for 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 calling in and listening. It's been a, a very very pleased to be involved, and I'd, I'd love to love to come back and, and provide updates as necessary. It'd be a great oh, pleasure. Thanks, well, great. Thank you, Dr. Britton. On behalf of Bright Focus Foundation, uh, thank you for joining us today. The information provided in this recording is a public service of Bright Focus Foundation and is not intended to constitute medical advice. Please consult your physician for personalized medical, dietary, and or exercise advice. Any medications or supplements should only be taken under medical supervision. Bright Focus Foundation does not endorse any medical products or therapies.